Welcome to the Long Hollow Group Leader Podcast. We believe that life change happens best in circles, not rows. And so whether we're talking about your life group, your D group, or your family, this resource exists to help you make disciples that make disciples. We are back with season five as we continue to talk about starting a life group. And as we mentioned, we have this new sponsor. Uh, pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, you know, getting prestigious you know, we, is the word you're looking for. That's right, yeah. prestigious. Um, and so, Replicate Ministries is sponsoring this. We're part of the Replicate Podcast Network. And uh, so, the reason we laugh about this is because uh, Replicate is the outward facing sign of Long Hollow. So, whether you are a Long Hollow group leader, this podcast is for you. Or if you're a church listening in, this podcast is for you. It's for both. And so we hope as we talk about life group, D group, and how those fit together in a way that allows you to make disciples, uh, we are excited uh, to help serve uh, you and help you be a better group leader. So with that, we're talking today about life group. Specifically, we're talking about starting a life group, the kind of what are the core pieces of a life group. So we said this last week, but our definition for a life group is a life-changing community where you can belong, believe, and become. And so these three Bs, the first one being belong, is a place where you're welcome and accepted. Believe is a place where people can encounter God's word uh, and his people and then become is to become who God designed you to be. Today, we're talking about the first B, belong. And so, Mike, uh, to start this off, the first question I have for you is, explain why belong is such a big part of life group. Like, why is it one of the three Bs? And then also, why is it the first in that order? Because it's intentional. So share us a little bit about that. So when we're thinking about belonging, you know, the most obvious reason is is because this is how Christ did ministry. So the first thing that he did when he encountered people was he invited them to follow him. We view that as an invitation to belong to the community that he was building. So because sure. Christ did it, we need to do it, right? So that, that that's the obvious reason why we need to do this. Because when we see the people that Christ was encountering... Oftentimes, their belonging preceded their belief. Yeah. So before they could believe in him, they belonged to the community that he was building. Uh, when you think we think about it, you got like tax collector, prostitute. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, I mean, it is such a goodness. It's a messy crew. And so if they, if you said that was, hey, my D group consists of the people that Jesus spent time with, yeah. or maybe not D group, my life group, my life group <laughs> consisted of the people that Jesus spent time with, man, that would be a life group that a lot of pastors may be ashamed of. Um, but for us, that's something we welcome. We love that messiness of it. Well, and even for, you know, people like Peter, well, where some people believe that, uh, Peter did not actually believe in Christ for who he was until that moment in Scripture where he asked Peter, who do people say that I am? And he mm. responds with, you are Lord. So right. he, it is, you know, arguable. I mean, depending on where you stand on that, you know, it is, it's clear that the people yeah. that he invited to belong believed later or shortly after. So that belonging piece came first. But even in our own kind of, 
you know, in our own psychological dynamic, there is an innate desire within us to belong to something, to be mm. a part of a tribe, to be a part of a community, to be a part of something more than just ourselves. We have this, uh, this desire built within us to belong to something. So that's why we say right. the first piece is belonging because we have to create an environment where people can belong first. So if belonging's the goal, all right, so that's why, all right, Vic, and you're always getting on me because I like to stay in the theoretical. We got to get to the practical. (laughs) All right, so how do you, Vic, tell us, how do you create a place where people can belong? Yeah, so I I think we did this exercise maybe previously, uh, but it's such a good exercise. So in in training churches uh, and kind of inspecting your life group ministry, or if you're just inspecting your current life group as a group leader, this exercise is really helpful. Uh, So kind of three questions for you. The first is, who is one person in your life who doesn't know Jesus? And so uh, for us at Long Hollow, we, we have who's your one? That is one person who is far from God. They're unengaged in the church. They don't know Jesus personally. Who is that person? So go ahead and think, what's their name? Uh, A couple other questions as you think about it. Uh, What is their biggest struggle? And what are they struggling with? And and, and what would they say is their biggest struggle? Not you, because you say, well, they don't know Jesus. That's their struggle. Okay, (laughs) they don't know that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) And so, but like, what would they say is their biggest struggle, their biggest problem? What's the felt need that they have that they're like, man, if I could just find a solution to maybe that's your kids and and just being worn down. Maybe it's a drug addiction or alcohol addiction, whatever it may be. That's their biggest struggle that they need help with. Uh, What's their perception of Christianity? Uh, What's their perception of Christians? And so what I'm trying to do is get yourself in the mind of a non-believer. This is the first piece. If you're going to help somebody belong, you've got to start thinking like somebody who isn't in your group. And so then the second thing is to ask this question. If that person, let's say her name is Sally, uh, Mike, because Old I don't Sally. think Sally's been on our podcast yet. No. So uh, <laughs> Sally came to your group this week and you couldn't change anything about it. Would that person feel welcome and accepted and come back next week? And so it, would that person feel welcome and accepted? Mike, just quickly, what are some examples of someone, of Sally, who struggles with all these things, doesn't know Jesus, what are some things that would not make her feel welcome and accepted? So I think it starts at the front door. So when we, when we think about the entire group experience, one of the first impressions that uh, new person is going to have is how they were greeted into the house. So if you open up the front door, welcome them in. Uh, hey, we're glad you're here. And then you don't introduce them to a single person and then just hope that other people talk to them. It's going to be super awkward and they're probably not going to yes. come back because they're like, very true. Yo, okay, the, this guy welcomed me and let me come in the house. But at this point, nobody's talking to me. So that's, right. um, that's one thing. That very first impression has to be awesome. Come into the house. Let me introduce you to so-and-so and get them talking, like engage them with other people. Um, yeah. something else that would help what would make them not want to come back is you jump into the study time and we're doing this in-depth study of the book of revelation. All right. <laughs> I don't so, want to come to that as well, a pastor. I'm like, I'm, I'm skipping that week. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, it's scripture. So 
what I'm not saying is that it's bad to study the book of Revelation. Yeah, what I am saying is for uh, a new believer or a non-believer to be pulled into this, not knowing what to expect. And we're just, and it, maybe it's not even revelation. It's just this in-depth exegesis. Yeah. We're dissecting the Greek and the Hebrew. We've already excluded that person from anything mm-hmm. we're talking about. So if mm-hmm. I'm a new person and I'm in this group, not sure what to expect on the fence, if I even want to do this, uh, yeah. and then I feel like I am unqualified to participate in the conversation we're having, I'm just counting down the seconds for this to be That's over right. so I can get out of there because I'm intimidated by what we're talking about. I don't feel qualified. I'm uninterested. I don't know anything about it. So when we have, the point is, is when that conversation gets so Christian, and yeah. you say, why wouldn't you want that conversation to be Christian? Yes, the conversation needs to be Christian, but we need to have that conversation in a way that a new believer or a non-believer can still participate. Mm-hmm. Because Again, we go back to Christ's model. How did he do it? He sat down yeah. with the tax collectors. He sat down with um, the less than these, you know, the people that we would say, well, no, we can't hang around with those people. He sat yeah. down with them and he had conversations with them on equal ground in the sense that he talked to them in a way that they could still participate. He didn't come and say, well, you know, when you look at the Hebrew and you dissect (laughs) this passage, then it really means this. And then you just, they're gone. They've, they don't understand a word we're talking about because everything we're talking about is geared toward a believer who understands Christianese. Yeah, and I think what's what's fun about this is I feel like we have just yet, we've shown a, a gap between okay this person in your life who needs Jesus um, and how maybe you're listening to this and say man that that sounds like my group and the the question is man how do we have that type of discussion that would be accommodating to someone that's new. Good thing is we're talking about that next week on our podcast <laughs> and five elements of life-changing discussion. I and jumped how, again. No, no, no. I, you, you said a good teaser because what we talk about is, man, we believe life change can happen. You can have conversation that is dynamic and great for the believer, but also accommodates the non-believer. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, as we finish up, though, coming around that with belong, um, you know, again, this is that third piece that I would have you think about as a group. Once you realize that the person in my life who doesn't know Jesus, they came to my group. I don't know if they would come back next week because they wouldn't feel welcome and accepted. The next question I would have you, it helps you close that gap. How could you structure your life group in a way that people can come just as they are and meet Jesus just as he is? And so that quote right there, just as they are, means just as you were saying, Mike, we, Jesus met them on their own terms at, at even ground. It's like we're meeting you where you are, the struggles. We know we're going to talk about the Bible in a way that's relevant to your life. We're going to show that it impacts you and that it's sufficient uh, for everything that you need in life right now with the struggles that you have today. But it's also the thing about it is it's not watering it down where we remove the Bible from it and we just have fun because you're showing them Jesus just as he is. And so essentially this statement, what it's getting at is Acts 15 when they're in Jerusalem Council. uh, It says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. 
And I love that statement that and we're just saying we're removing all the things. These are the Jews that are saying we're removing all the Jewish tradition from the gospel so that we do not put unnecessary barriers that would prevent a Gentile from engaging in conversation and experiencing the gospel. That's what we're doing here. And so that's what it looks like to create an environment where you belong. That's where the conversation starts. But again, we always want to get practical, right, Mike? And so we're gonna, we've given some practical examples of how to, to isolate somebody and how to make sure they don't come back next week. And uh, in, in just a minute, we're going to talk about uh, some examples of actually how we do help them to belong. First, we're going to share a little bit about uh, Replicate, uh, the network that they're doing and how they're equipping church leaders to create life-changing communities just like the one we're talking about now. Three years ago, I was a group's pastor and was frustrated because though I had a passion for discipleship, I didn't know how to create a simple, effective strategy to help my people make disciples. In October 2017, I met Replicate Ministries and can honestly say it changed the trajectory of my life and our church. Fast forward to today, I serve with Replicate and we've launched a new training platform that has become the heartbeat of our community, the Replicate Network. This connects you with our Replicate team and like-minded church leaders across the country. Our team provides exclusive training that is practical and relevant every single week. So if you need a coach and a support system to help you lead your disciple-making movement, join me and our team in our growing community at replicatenetwork.com. So Mike, let's finish today's conversation with practical examples. Um, so if I, as a leader, am asking that question, how can I help people come just as they are and meet Jesus just as he is, what are some practical examples of how I could do that in my life group this week? So we mentioned, I talked about, you know, it starts at the front door, right? So um one of the things that I would like to do, especially if it was a new person coming in, is I would, you know, me and Jessica, we'd greet them at the door, we'd welcome them in, we'd kind of show them around the house, but then we would make sure that we helped uh, other people in the group engage them in conversation. So it wasn't just yeah. dependent on me and Jessica talking to them the entire time. I was very intentional about getting other people in the group introduced to the new person and then attempting to get a conversation started between them. So if I knew there yeah. was some commonality in terms, you know, they were in the same profession or, you know, whatever that thing was, it was it was trying to get other people in the group to engage with them. Also, not just me as the leader, because they're expecting me to engage with them. It's yeah. the other group that is where that belonging is going to fit in. So, so this is where food and fellowship on the front end come in very handy. So if if we're spending the first you know, 30, 45 minutes of group hanging out, you know, and if you're not doing a full blown meal, you know, if there's chips and salsa or, you know, coffee and some type of dessert, something out there that people are able to eat and drink, mm -hmm. uh, it, it allows for this type of interaction much easier than waiting to do it. And then you're sitting in a circle and it's like, okay, John, you're new. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and put them on the spot in front of the entire group. That's also a reason why they would not come back. Uh, That's so right. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. 
so and I think you you do that really well of, of being able to hey somebody new and introduce them to somebody. I think it's so important. There's a study that I've done, uh, a research that has absolutely no statistical backing, but it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> that's okay. That's how most statistics work, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. So in the church, if you have seven minutes to between when somebody rolls up into the parking lot to when they make their decision if they're coming back or not. In a more familial st- uh, setting, in a more personal setting, like a home, that time shrinks even more. And so we have all seen the person who walks in the door and everybody's eating chips and queso over here. They close the door and what do they do? They just stay by the door. It's almost <laughs> like they're scared. They're, they're like glued there and they're searching, waiting for somebody to see them. Yes. If you don't go and not just you know say hey to them, but then help them meet other people, then you've lost them. I, I would say the gap from my studies that are not, that they're not true, that have no statistical backing. We'll call them You have two minutes. That's right. You have, you have two minutes. If, if, if I don't feel welcome in the first two minutes, I'm probably not coming back. Yeah. And they're regretting every second of walking through that door. That's so true. So another way, and we had, we had hit on this briefly, you know, when we were talking like as we're having our discussion as a group, making sure that that, that conversation is newcomer friendly. Um, yeah. So, and, and we'll get, we'll hit on this more um, next week, but with the life group curriculum that we provide, I, I really believe that that aids in that a lot because like if we're doing like yeah. an outside study, so it's, you know, Matt Chandler's whatever on whatever, uh, and someone tries to jump into the middle of that, it's super confusing for that new person. Yeah. But when we're doing an ongoing series and, you know, they've watched the service that time, it just kind of facilitates that. Board. I'm going to stop talking about that because we're going to talk about it more next week. You got to say some content next uh, week, but it's yes. really good. Um, but I would say the, the last thing that I would recommend is the hangout nights that we've been talking yeah. about, you know, this is, this is probably going to be far more productive than them coming to the, the night that you're doing the study, yep. especially when we're talking about the non-believer. So, so guess what the Vic, I'm going to give you a pop quiz real quick. Guess okay. what a non-believer does not want to come to. Uh, biblical pursuit, biblical trivial pursuit. Correct. They do not want to come, <laughs> you know, as you know, we've talked about it for years, you know, yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's, this is the evangelist garment church. We want lost people to come to our life groups. We wanted to do that. But the only thing that we were doing in life group was Bible study. And yep. again, don't, you know, I'm going to steal from Robbie. Don't hear what I'm not saying, right? I am not <laughs> saying that studying the Bible like is that. bad. I'm not saying any of those things, but for the non-believer, for me to invite a lost person to come to a Bible study, they're not interested. Yep. You know, there's going to be an exception to that rule that, you know, there's always an exception to the norm, but the norm is going to be, man, that's not really for me. I don't want to do that. And we can just keep inviting them and keep inviting them. And they just going to keep telling us no and telling us no and telling us no. But with the hangout night, we create a, a rather, a regular rhythm within our group to where once a yep. month, we're, we're doing that party monthly, but we're doing it with some intention to where we're going to get together with our group. We're going to have some fun, no strings attached, but we're going to invite our one to that yep. hangout because guess what they might be interested in? You know, top golf. Top golf. Uh, cornhole, bowling, your favorite. Cornhole and barbecue, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, watching, 
what if football ever starts playing again, watching a football game, you know, right. whatever that thing is, it is a non-threatening environment. Uh, it's not a bait and switch, so we're not getting them there and then like, sweet, they're here. Let's get the Bibles out real quick. It is yep. a time for you to simply invest in them. So, you know, our three things with who's your one is pray, invest, and invite. So as, as a group and individually, we're praying for this person. Uh, we're investing in them uh, as often as we can. So, you know, it could be as simple yep. as taking the trash can from the road to their house because they haven't had a chance to do it or, you know, whatever that is. And then that invite piece is inviting them to the next right thing. So the hangout night is the easy invite Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're just getting together and having say, Hey, it's a group of my friends. We're going to go bowling. We'd love for you to join us. You're new to the area. You know, you're new at my place of work, whatever that thing is. Why don't you come hang out with me and my friends will go bowling. And then the life group conversation, the gospel conversations that we want to get to will come up more naturally because they're eventually going to like, Hey, how do you guys know each other? I I haven't seen any of you people at work. How do you guys know each other? Well, we go to church together and we're part of what we call a life group. And then it opens up that door to have that conversation in a much more natural fashion than you know, knocking on a door and handing them a Bible track and asking them if mm. they know when they, where they're going to go when they die. Yeah. So no, exactly. I think that's what that, and that's where that statement, that quote we use a lot of times, the most persuasive argument for the Christian faith is Christian community. Uh, the majority of conversations throughout church history have come not through argumentation nor tracks nor anything else, but through belonging to a meaningful community before belief is ever required. And that's that right there is why belong is the first on here. It's why we love it. Like we get a passion and we always talk about it. Um, and it starts with who's your one and create a place where they're welcome and accepted and, and a place where they want to be a part of your community and then talk to them about Jesus. And so with that, check the show notes. There's going to be plenty of stuff for you as a long hollow life group leader. But also if you're a church leader and you're looking for discipleship resources in your home group or church, there are discipleship resources there. Just go ahead, grab that link. We would love to help you as you make disciples. And so we hope you have a great week and see you next week as we talk about the five elements of life-changing discussion. 